Big Tech. Well, a new research report from trusted social media analytics firm Graphica said it discovered the deep fakes on social media while tracking pro-China disinformation operations known as spamiflage. Yes, spamiflage. Uh, Lizzie O'Shea is a lawyer uh, and the founder of Digital Rights Watch. First of all, Lizzie. What is spamiflage? It is a rather evocative term, isn't it, Andy? It makes me think of all sorts of disgusting things. But actually what it is supposed to be is essentially a name given to pro-Chinese influence operations on social media, but mainly using deepfake technology to create videos that then are posted online. And, you know, the interesting thing about this is that these videos haven't been seen by many people, but we're really now seeing what the capability is in terms of creating these fake videos that, you know, obviously is ringing alarm bells for a lot of people around the world. So what exactly is in these deepfake videos and how believable are they? Yeah, so what we've seen is some videos appearing on social media platforms. They look like a newsroom with a guy in a suit, a white guy with a beard. He looks like, you know, a kind of normal news anchor and he's talking about news headlines and all of it is fake. The, the news station, the um, the newsroom, the articles that he's talking about as well as he himself is a fake person. So it's an artificially generated, um, I guess, news headline, news anchor. And it does look persuasive in the sense that, um, you know, you can look at it and you could believe that it was potentially uh, a, a real person, but there's, there is still something a little bit off about it. It's, it's a kind of, I kind of think of it like looking at a Kardashian social media page. I know they're real photos in some ways, but I know they've been tweaked and that's the kind of feel I get from these disinformation videos or spamiflage. Last year, this AI technology was used to create a deep fake video of Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky using, well, urging citizens to lay down their weapons and surrender to Russia. I mean, sure, these they might be sort of technically sophisticated, these deep fakes, but the propaganda involved is, is quite simple, quite brutally simple, if you like. Yeah, it still seems pretty clumsy. I mean, I think all propaganda is a bit like that. If it's if it's actually good, it's hard to detect, of course. But still in these early stages, I think we're seeing pretty ham-fisted attempts to influence public debates and discussions. Uh, and so I think this is the early stages of this campaign and that's why um, – and the early stages of this technology, I think that's why it's ringing alarm bells for people around the world. But, of course, the question is what happens if it becomes really good? And I think that's when we have to start, um, you know, really focusing on teaching digital media literacy, encouraging people to question things if they appear too good to be true or too far-fetched to be true. Um, propaganda has been with us for a long time and of course it has a new uh, level of uh, a new valence of influence now that the deep fake videos can be created. But I think that's a problem we've always had to confront essentially fake news and you know I think we've got some tools in our toolbox to kind of address this. Mm. Spamiflage. I just wanted to say it again. Uh, if you've just tuned in, Lizzie O'Shea is here. We're talking artificial intelligence technology here on RN Drive. And obviously, there's no doubt that AI technology is very clever, uh, but not always right, including today. The big story is Google's barred uh, AI chatbot who answered a question incorrectly in front of investors and lost the business of Google a staggering $144 million. What was the question that this AI bot got wrong? 
144 billion, I will say, Andy. It's a massive amount mistake. of money okay. to be wiped off this company. Yeah. So I think what's happened here is that they've put this product on them on display a bit earlier than they should have because they're racing to keep up. Google is or Alphabet is racing to keep up with ChatGPT, which is obviously the competitor that people have been playing with and finding faults with and working with over the last couple of months. And so the question, look, I'd be, I'd forgive it for getting it wrong. It's about um where photos taken in outer space, which telescope they were taken by. And a question was asked of Bard and it said that it, the photos was from the James Webb Space Telescope and, in fact, NASA corrected it and said that, that was wrong. And so, of course, it's the worst nightmare of Google to put this product on display for investors and <laughs> And then it falls down at a reasonably early hurdle. Um, and so the question is, can they recover? Can they create a product that really competes with ChatGPT? Of course, ChatGPT has its own problems and has made mis- mistakes and given wrong answers. It does it very confidently, as I'm sure some of your listeners have tested. Um, but it is interesting to see this this race, arms race essentially between Google and, and OpenAI in, in terms of producing these chatbots. Yeah, it's a bit like that time Elon Musk said my new Tesla uh, car windows are unbreakable and proved it by breaking them. Uh, what do we know about Bard uh, and, and, and Google's rival, uh, it was essentially Google's rival to chat GPT, GPT yeah. I understand. It, it, Exactly. So this is what the race is about. How can these kind of chatbots really improve the experience of search? And so Google has, t- has given a bit of a taster about this. That in their display, they talked about how when you search for things, you won't just get a list of links anymore, but uh, the chatbot will help you perhaps answer the question in a narrative format and point you to different things. And I think this does raise some really serious questions for how, you know, we consume news? Might we just consume what the chatbot produces rather than click on the links and check the sources? How problematic is that if it it gets um, things wrong, which, you know, these chatbots are prone to do? Uh, And so, you know, there's this desperation, I think, by Google to catch up and and to put this product out there. And I think they're going to be integrating it into lots of their different products that, um, that they already have. But I think we should be a little careful about what we think about this, given that there's already some clear potential for them to get it wrong and we shouldn't be trusting it too much and query whether we want it integrated into all of the things that we use the web for. Yeah, I think we should encourage these mistakes as much as possible. It's sort of like watching those Boston Dynamics robots fall over. Just it's mm. a bit of like, yeah, we're still the superior beings here. I think <laughs> my job and your job, Lizzie, won't get uh, outdated anytime soon. You reckon you would have got that question right about the telescope, Dean? <laughs> I don't think so. No, no. I'm, I'm probably going to be outdated by a robot any day now. Uh, fantastic stuff. Thank you so much, Lizzie. Appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for having me. That's Lizzie O'Shea. She's a lawyer and the founder of Digital Rights Watch here on RN Drive. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.